Hey, lovely listeners, and welcome back to The Water Trio. I'm here with the lovely Kelly and Cassandra, and we are ready to deliver up all the Astro Juice for the 3rd of August until the 16th. It's quite a dynamic fortnight in the sky, lots going on, lots of shifts and changes, and we're already in the Mars mood because there's quite a lot of Mars going on this week. But, Kel, I think you're kicking off, aren't you, honey, with the... um, yeah. Full moon in Aquarius and then... The f- full moon in Aquarius. So, it, I mean, this two-week period starts with a bang because we do have that full moon in Aquarius, about 11 degrees on Monday the 3rd in Canada and the US. And I think it's hitting you guys uh, overnight, like technically Tuesday the 4th yeah. in Australia. Yeah. Uh, like, But, it, I mean, basically when we all go to bed on the night of the 3rd, the moon will be beautifully, visibly full Um, So it'll be full moon. It's not an eclipse, which is lovely. You know, we can have just like regular full moon energy. Um, And normally the full moon in Aquarius, I think about as providing, you know, a little bit of logic or a little bit of clarity or helping you get in touch with a rational point of view. There's two really interesting things about this full moon in Aquarius that I want to share with people and then hear what you gals think as well. The first one is that it's a full moon in Aquarius. And for those of us who are looking forward into the astrology of 2021, Aquarius is a really active sign in 2021. We're going to have both Saturn and Jupiter spending basically the whole year, except for a tiny bit, in in Aquarius together. And so this full moon in some ways is providing a little bit of a preview and helping spotlight that Aquarius part of your chart, that Aquarius part of your life that is going to be really the main theme for you for 2021 because we'll have Saturn there and Jupiter there. So there is a sense of like pay attention to the ideas, the topics, themes. They may not all happen on the full moon day of August 3rd or August 4th, but it is letting you know what's coming up for next year. You know, you might like it, you might not love it. Um, just wait and you know see. And you've had we've had a taste of that with Saturn going into Aquarius uh, from late uh, March until very early July. So it's just another piece in that get to know your Aquarius house in your chart kind of process. And then, of course, the other thing that's much more immediate is that this full moon is quite tightly square Uranus in Taurus. Uh, so Uranus is kind of stationary at 10 Taurus, and this full moon makes a very dramatic square angle to Uranus. So it does have that slightly chaotic, you know, things coming out that are surprising or certainly revelatory that might even have a bit of a shock or an unexpected factor to it. In our personal lives, this can be exciting sometimes because it shakes things up and all of a sudden there's like new opportunities that weren't there. Collectively, it can be a little bit more dramatic because we see some of that unpredictable chaos, you know, showing up at the leadership level and above. So it's one of those full moons that's going to clear the air or stir up the air, if you like. Um, What are you girls thinking about this full moon? Cass, love to hear some of your awesome Cassisms on this one. <laughs> Thanks, Lishi. Um, Yeah, I really do agree with some of your points around that, Kel, and I really, in particular, the insight that we may get moving forward with this um, full moon in Aquarius, and particularly because of the square to Uranus. So Saturn and Uranus squaring each other is a big key signature for next year. So, you know, on the micro, any maybe turbulence or shakeups or I need to sort of step away from a problem so I can look at it from a new angle. And I always think that the full moon gives us some light on a situation that, mm. you know, maybe we didn't see before or maybe light that 
was uh, activated sort of in that uh, March through to like late June period where we had Saturn in Aquarius, you know, the moon coming along and lighting up that that little initial Saturn transit might give us a little bit of awareness or um, a bit more of a logical rather than an emotional um, sort of perspective mm. around it that can give us that little bit of insight moving forward. And I think the key difference here is whatever was done then may need to be done differently now. So whether mm. that's collectively, whether that's personally, and which can be a bit of a challenge for the fixed sign squares. You know, there's that like ramming heads and, you know, this is my way that, you know, I'm not changing my mind. It is an Aquarius full moon after all. Um, but there may be that, you know, Uranus, you know, breakthrough moment. Here's a new perspective or something different that can help me move forward. But it is an aspect or a lunation that's like, you know, you know, being cool, calm and collected, rolling with the punches can help you kind of, you know, move through these, this cycle at least. So what are your thoughts, Alicia? Um, I totally agree with what both of you were saying and I don't really want to introduce anything new there, but I think, you know, one of the things I'm noticing is that now that we have the new moons right at the end of the sign, the full moon's now in the next sign or the, mm. ne you know, the next opposition. And what I'm seeing with the, the opposition between the, the moon in Aquarius, more the collective and the community and the sun in Leo is what is our individual needs as against what's our responsibility to the collective? We were having a bit of a chat about this in the pre-show, you know, what do I feel? What do I need? But what do I have to be responsible to? Because I belong to something, whether it's a family, a community, a country or, or a planet. So it's that sense of trying to find a real balance with that and there's an opportunity to do it at the full moon level. So we kind of clear the slate. So we get to the new moon and it's, we're ready to go into that space already well briefed, if that makes sense. It's like we've done the work under the full moon in that same axis so that we're ready with the new moon and we can really start fresh, start clean, um, but from a space of awareness. So with Uranus in the mix, we can unshackle ourselves a bit, you know, break down those thoughts and ideas of who we have to be and what do we really need to be ourselves? Does it have to be all these things? Um, and, and what is or what kind of community do we want to belong to and who do we want to be within it? So, yeah, they're my thoughts anyway. It's such a great piece how, you know, Aquarius does highlight the collective or that sense of connection to other and it's, it is going to be something we're all exploring so much more next year, like that interrelationship between Sun in Leo, like the I or the individual versus that full moon in Aquarius of community or connection. Like what are the interface points between you and community? What are the communities that you belong to? Do you even know what they are? And then how do you want to interact with community, I guess? Yeah, Totally. So from and here, then, where do we yeah. go? <laughs> Lots of coming out. Um, but in terms of our show right now, I think we're going to go in a bit of a planets on the move piece. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot uh, happening now. Yes, there is. There is a lot happening now. So I think first off there's Mars square Jupiter, which is what oh, I'm doing. Oh, I think doing. Yeah, you're going to tell us yeah. about your favourite aspect. 
this time frame. <laughs> I don't know if it's my favourite. It's my favourite of the, well, kind of, yeah. It's my favourite of the Mars squares coming up. Um, so this is happening at, uh, you know, late on Tuesday night here in Australia. It'll be Tuesday everywhere in the world. And I just get this sense of, you know, Mars in Aries, he's out there, he's fighting, you know, and then he comes up against and Jupiter's the first of the planets in Capricorn that he's going to square. And it's always like, it's kind of the nicer of the ones that he's going to come up and meet against, that he's going to push against. It's like, if you've got to push against any planet in Capricorn first, let it be Jupiter rather than Pluto and Saturn, which he'll get to next. But I always get a sense with this is it's like, with getting carried away and getting overly enthusiastic and and being, you know, in our sense of being pulled one way or in another direction. There's just so much energy between these two planets. I mean, yes, Jupiter's in Capricorn, but he's still Jupiter. He still expands and grows. So he might be telling Mars, hey, slow down a bit, you know, go in this direction. And, but his energy is being fueled by Mars as well. And there's just a sense, I think, with this of, fighting for for our belief systems Mm. or fighting against the belief systems of others. What is it, you know, that others believe about structures or about, you know, hierarchies or about power systems that are in place? And where do you want to really push against that or feel like you're getting frustrated because others aren't hearing your point of view on these circumstances? So it can be... um, you know, I do think that there is a possibility for flare-ups here and misunderstandings and it's coming to that point of going, am I being realistic here or am I totally driven by my belief in a certain paradigm or a certain way of thinking and is it really informed by the truth? You know, let's get back to facts here, let's get back to the truth here rather than, you know, just, um, will I believe this so it must be true kind of thing. But, yeah, what about you girls? Any thoughts on this? Cass, yeah, I like, love how we always hesitate. We're like, who's going to um, go next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, with this aspect, I think, yeah, I love your points, Leash. But also, like, I guess one thing from a technical perspective here is that Jupiter receives Mars into its exaltation with this. So this kind of gives, you know, Mars maybe a little bit of extra oomph here, a little bit like a fuel to the fire And just in recent client work, you know, it's as an astrologer, it has been a little bit, I wouldn't go so far as to say tricky. It's like, well, here's the planets and here's the possibilities, but they've got this COVID thing, you know, that's kind of changing all our lives right now. And so um, I think this aspect can perhaps, you know, potentially fire up your enthusiasm for the future. You know, Mm -hmm. okay, this is the reality now. You know, all of this, whatever it is, we're still kind of figuring it out. But, and we can maybe like, you know, Mars is kind of adding fuel to the practical realities, but not losing our sense of hope or optimism for what's possible, Mm. but just with the restriction of Capricorn there. um, But maybe help us, you know, because we've all kind of been a little bit maybe you know, for want of a better word, a little bit deflated with some of the things. Like, I mean, really, whose 2020 has turned out the way they planned? Like, it has been a little bit of a, you know, there's been pluses for many people and then also massive minuses. But I think with this, it's like, okay, well, you know, we can still look onwards and upwards and maybe just get a little bit more passionate or dynamic or a little bit of fuel to the fire around what's possible 
even with even if those possibilities are still with a bit of a limit or a boundary or a this thing called COVID that we just don't know, like, you know, we can't really use the uh, Jupiter analogy in travel and expansion in quite the same way. So, but I like it for, you know, that Mars adding the, the fire to hope and optimism and what's possible for the future, even though it's not maybe a tangible reality right now. You can't go and book that airfare right now, you know, but we can start to like really fire up our desires around it or, you know, what we want and, and dream for the future. Um, you know, and Jupiter and Capricorn, you know, maybe save a little bit more money and, you know, fly exactly. first class instead or have a, <laughs> yeah. have a better uh, hotel room or whatever the thing is. So I guess, you know, here's me just trying to be all with Jupiter about it. But, yeah, I think like it, you know, Mars and Jupiter, you know, Mars is already in dignity and also got dignity in the Capricorn piece. So there is some hope there, I think, and can be productive but not in, you know, not in the way that we would normally see productivity. It might be more imaginative or dreaming up a, a future goal or possibility here and maybe doing the smaller steps to make it happen. Mm. Yeah, I, I I am pretty pro this aspect too. <laughs> Even though it's technically a square, so there's that sort of effort or maybe like slightly missing but getting most of what you're aiming at kind of thing. I, I do still think, see it as like, yeah, and certainly of all the things Mars is doing this month, this is one of two things that I would consider to be kind of decent for Mars. And the, some of the keywords that are coming up for me are about strategy. So that idea of strategic planning for the long term. I do think there's a mix with this aspect of what is that kind of larger plan that you're working towards? And then what are the actions that do need to be taken, you know, in the present um, and for instance, like for me, I would love to get back to running again, but I have to just start by doing some lunges every day and climbing up hills or stairs, you know, just to build some strength into the right muscles before I could even think about running, you know, just to give you like how the short term leads to the long term. So, mm. And so I do think, yeah, that Mars Jupiter, there's some strategic planning or visioning and it's it's kind of grounded because Jupiter is in Capricorn. And then there are things that, that can be done in the short term that will lead us towards that. The caution that I have for this is exaggeration, where anytime Mars gets a, a dose of Jupiter, Mars can be like, yeah, I can do all the things. And so I think there is this sort of, you might slightly like overpromise or you might slightly overestimate what you can do. There's that sense of like stretching a little too far. One thing with Mars Jupiter, I think he does make us think about the future. He does remind us that there, is, there will be a time, I don't know if I want to say after COVID, or there will be a time when things are not as restrictive as they are now, when it, it's, it's less fearful and you're more able to move forward. And what do you want that to be like? And Cass, to your point, it, there is something about making plans, but based on this updated set of priorities that may have emerged for people based on what's gone on this year. You know, instead of trying to do all these things, it might have helped you really hone in on actually this one thing is what's important because once you get a sense of that, then everything can just be in support of that. But until you get that kind of heart of the matter, you can be pinning, a, like you're going about things the long way, not realizing it. Mm. So there is that planning with the new priorities. So yeah, I'm, 
I mean, it's interesting to me this aspect is happening in the same 24-hour window as the full moon because I think it's just going to feel really big between the full moon square Uranus and Mars square Jupiter. It's going to be a lot that happens really quickly. Some of it's going to be great in terms of bringing opportunities and some of it's going to be a little of that surprising, oh my God, I wasn't expecting that, and then just how we navigate that. And I think part of the Mars-Jupiter is saying, there is a way forward here. And if you have that why, which is what Jupiter is about, if you have a sense of either what your priority is or, or where you get meaning, it's going to help you navigate. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'm kind of excited for this one. I mean, Mars yeah. is doing some other stuff this month I'm not excited about, but <laughs> Mars, Jupiter. I sort of look forward to what what big things I might be interested, what big mountain am I going to be preparing to climb, for instance? Um, yeah, it, it, I like what you're saying, both of you. And it, it kind of reminds me, we've talked about netball before. It reminds oh, me of yeah. this netball coach I used to have. We had Love this one who was, <laughs> she was really full on. And if we made a mistake in the game, she'd yell at us and we'd like all feel really down and flat and we'd get to the end of a game. We wouldn't want to go to training. And then we had this new netball coach come in and she was so like, okay, you made a mistake. And we'd get to the end of the game and then she'd like, let's sit down, let's talk about this, let's find out where the mistakes were made, why we made them, and let's strategize towards how we can do better in the next game. And the way she talked to us, it was almost like mistakes don't cost you anything. You know, you can learn from them and use them as a way to pivot into the into something new. Um so that she really inspired us and lifted us up and excited us and and we ended up winning that right so it's that kind of thing what you were both saying you know about strategy and about long-term planning and being hopeful and optimistic still I just thought oh yeah I can't even remember that netball coach's name but there you go (laughs) I love it so it's like the debrief it's doing the discussion and the reflection so that your actions after that can have a bit more thought or awareness Mm. or understanding Around yeah, and, and having guess. that hopefulness for the future, though, that, you know, this, this, this is going to make us better. This is going to help us grow. This is going to help us aim towards something higher. Yeah, and I mean, you know, ultimately Jupiter wants to help whatever situation it's involved in. And, you know, you had this other coach that kind of did that in Mars, which is a sporting planet. So, you know, that's yeah. quite a, yeah. yeah, like, so, you know, I don't know if you've got any sporting goals, this could be a good aspect to help uh, you integrate, you know, whatever's going on. So, Kel, like, start doing those hill sprints. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm also thinking, though, I know, I know, because Cass and I were talking, um, I was on our WhatsApp chat, and this is usually a conversation that Cass turns in about fitness, and, you know, I'm so excited. Cass is talking about lifting however many kilos of weights. And I'm like, I've just started doing lunges again. So it's like very minor, but a step in the right direction. (laughs) But also think about, like, I'm also thinking about my personal chart and like Mars and Aries for me is second house, so cash flow and income. And I'm also thinking about the role that money plays in my life. You know, how do I want to use money to kind of live the type of life that I want and the relationship between time and money and freedom and responsibly? Like there are some of those deeper personal reflections. I think if you if you do think about, well, what is Aries for me? You know, is it fifth house of children? Is it seventh house of relationships or 10th house of career? And that this Mars square Jupiter can be about 
not just what you're doing now, but where do you want it to take you? And we, we often say mm. we don't like things or I'm frustrated by this, you know? Like there was a long time where I was like, I can't pay my credit card off each month and it annoys me. And it's like, well, what was I doing that was contributing to that? And, you know, it's trying to get a sense of, well, do you really want that? And what are you prepared to do in support of that? Yeah. Uh, when Jupiter first moved into Capricorn, I think, I don't know if I wrote a blog post or did a webinar or whatever, but I called it reframing Jupiter. And, you know, I think when we think about Jupiter and what our beliefs are, you know, it mm. could be, you know, whether that belief is around your money or whether that belief is around your relationships or, you know, uh, or a whole ton of things, you know, it, you know, Mars can help, you know, dr- be that driving force. Okay. Well, I'm frustrated because, you know, Jupiter's still in Capricorn is pretty frustrated. It's not very happy there. Mars in, you know, pure Aries can be that driving force that can reshape your belief or reframe that belief that's been limiting or restricted um, or holding you back in some way. So then, you know, Jupiter can be that helpful or supportive planet. So, you know, and I really love when I guess you can't, quite ignore the Saturn piece there because Jupiter's in Saturn sign but when they come together in this way you know this may be you know our sense of why or purpose or belief but um you know if you haven't achieved a dream or a goal that's very important to you um then you know Mars can help inspire you take to take the daily actions and the daily disciplines to then get to that that higher goal or that higher um, purpose thing. So I think they can really work together, but with the, the fire of Mars and the exaggeration or like, I, you know how we in Australia, we call them boys, you know, in the ocean that kind oh, of yeah. like where, the yeah, buoy. yeah. And I think, the bu- I think Americans yeah. call them buoys. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, it, you know, Mars can help, you know, light up our buoys <laughs> sounds so weird but anyway um you know it helps just to inflate us and light our fires a little bit again mm. and help maybe reshape the beliefs or things if we've got a little bit stuck in that capricorn space in our life so it might be taking yep. action in one area can help us you know reframe or um you know get more hope or enthusiasm or achieve that dream or goal where the capricorn piece is so again yep connecting with your Aries Capricorn houses is going to be your insight into how that works. Yeah, lots to chew on. I feel like that's almost a segue there around. So speaking of uh, moving forward and looking (laughs) to the future, (laughs) there are also two planets on the move this week. There are, thank God, away from retrograde territory. Yes. It's like a fresh new world. A whole new world. Yeah, I did that. Nothing <laughs> for us, Kaz. So, <laughs> well, we're getting into the singing lately. Like, what is up with What's that? going on? Um, I don't know. It's it's late at night. Actually, that works know. well for Mercury and in moving into Leo. Let's perform. Yeah, so I was like, let's before we go into what it all means. Which planets are changing signs, and where are they going, and when is it all happening? So we've got Mercury moving into Leo on Wednesday the 5th. So that's uh, 1.30 here in Australia. So is that, it's probably late on the 4th in the US? Yes, it? yes it's on the 4th, mm. yes. Yeah, and then Venus moving into Cancer. Woo-hoo. Cancer. On the 8th, Saturday the hour. So it's going to be Friday the 7th, 7th. in most yep. places. So it'll be lovely Venus Day. But here it's very early, like 1.21 a.m. in Australia. So... 
Yeah. Very Who's so we're kind of like breaking out of that territory that we've been in for what, like since April now. So this is mm-hmm. this is pretty big, you know. It's you know still they're not aspecting each other, but just breaking through new ground, you know, all in the aftermath of an Aquarius full moon, square Uranus. So it's quite interesting how this is all kind of happening with this period. So, yeah, I just found it like interjected there. So (laughs) no, 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 perfect. I mean, yeah, Venus has been in Gemini since early April. So the Venus theme has just been locked in really since the start of the lockdown for many of us. And so it's Mm. nice to see her changing, moving into Cancer. Venus is a little bit more comfortable in water signs generally, just with the triplicity strength there. So that's it's. I think it's going to soften things, but also really highlight the people and the connections and, and the communities or the families where you get that sense of belonging or you can create that sense of belonging for the people that you love. So it's quite a mood shift from Venus in Gemini, which is, you know, very chatty and very kind of externally oriented to Venus in Cancer, which is much more internally oriented, much more protective, much more nurturing, more of that classic um, sort of caretaking, if you like, with Venus in Cancer. Yeah. Watch the conversations turn from beauty products to food. Food um, with <laughs> and Venus families. In Cancer. Yes. 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 Uh, and I'm sure. also thinking Venus in Cancer, you know, this is finally, you know, we've had, we, the eclipses have ended here, things are getting easier in this Cancer territory and she's coming and bringing her coolness and her joining and her balm of healing to this area of our chart. I mean, I'm really excited about it because quite literally I'll be getting the keys to my new house a few days later and this is in my fourth house. So I'm looking forward to bringing some beauty, some love and some better connection um, in a, in a new place, mm. in a new area of my chart that has been, while it's been exciting and new with the North Node in there, it's like I'm just ready to settle down in this place a bit more. I'm ready to see some ease and pleasure and love and, you know, all those Venus words of, of connection, you know, I'm hoping this new house will actually help my family gel a bit more together and also will we'll bring a new client space for me to be able to work out of too. So I'm thinking of all the pretty things. I've been flicking through the Ikea catalogs, you know, how can I do the Venusing in this area of my chart. So I guess for everybody and it's like, okay, where, where is in, ca- in cancer does this lie in your chart and how can you bring some beauty there? Um, how can you do the Venus vibes a bit more? Totally. Yeah, I think the first sort of three weeks of Venus in Cancer, she's got the freedom to do Venus in Cancer things. And then at the end of her stay, she has a few gnarly encounters, but um, with her aspects to Saturn and Pluto, but that's not till the very end of the month. So we have plenty of time to, yeah, make our homes more comfortable or try to repair or even connect with family members if that's appropriate and safe for people to do. Um, and then Mercury, like he's been in cancer since early June, I think like two and a bit months, which is a long time for Mercury to be in one place. And so that change into Leo, I think one of you said singing, like, yeah, just being more expressive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I like Leo, uh, Mercury moving into Leo, it can be, um, you know, Mercury in Leo, it, it's a mute sign, you know, so it's kind of this juxtaposition between. Hang on, cancer was mute. Oh, sorry. Um, it's um, 
uh, what is the term? I forgot. Oh, for Leo being. <laughs> no, Leo, it's like, it's, it's got feral, something. There's it? a term, feral. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. I was like, bestial, feral. I couldn't yeah. quite remember. Um, Actually, yes. it's both. It's both of yeah. them. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes, like, you know, when Mercury's in Leo, like, people. You know, there can be a time where you just like blurt it out. Like the filter between brain and tongue just becomes a little bit non-existent. Not in like a Mercury retrograde way, but it's almost like this pure type of I'm just going to say what I have to say and however it falls on the ears of others is kind of not my concern. It's kind of like I find it can be a little bit rogue. Um, and, of course, with Mercury being in like mute retrograde cancer for this period of time for a really long time I think this shift from uh cancer to Leo will be quite noticeable in terms of just voices out there opinions flying new facts coming through data like there's just going to be so much more and it could be kind of almost like whoa you know like after things being really like muddled with you know in cancer and with the retrograde phase as well so there may be kind of like you know, all that being said, you know, Mercury and Leo can also be like pure words or words that are good hearted or well intentioned or, Mm. you know, generous or over the top. It might almost be going from like one extreme to another in in a certain way as well. But I find it's, you know, um, it'd be vibrant and, you know, Mercury um, just, you know, kind of just putting that voice out there. It's like, here, give me that microphone, whether you want to hear what I have to say or not. So um, I think that'll be exciting. Yeah. It's a really good point, Cass. Yeah, (laughs) that Mercury just wants to say it loud, say it proud. And it can be a little bit almost primal in that sense. It's not the most logical um, Mm. sign, if you like. But I love that warm-heartedness, like that idea of expressing the goodness or attempting to express some of that wisdom of the solar kind of energy, which we do get to encounter with planets in Leo. Because like Mercury in Cancer for such a long period of time, it's, you know, I'm trying to like define my emotion or define my feelings where that's not easy for Mercury. Whereas now it's like, I'm just kind of going to say it, like whether it, you know, and, but not feeling sensitive or reactive to how that lands. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for people. A little bit more clarity yeah. with expression, I think. With the fire too, yeah. Leash. There's a bit Sorry, more conf- but like we're like jump in. I said my piece about Venus in Cancer, but I just feel like there's a more confidence with this. You know, there is this natural confidence with Leo, whereas, you know, you're trying to marry emotions and thoughts together. Like you were saying, Cass, it's like, oh, I feel like this about that, I think. Whereas this is like, this is me, you know, I, I think therefore I am kind of territory. Yes. Mm. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm excited about it. And it's, it's, you know, this is, um, Mercury, you know, getting closer and closer to the sun, you know, he's past his retrogrades. He's starting to play catch up again too. His speed's getting forward and he's in a fire sign. So there's just that, I don't know, that ability to think better rather than have to emote about everything as well. Yeah, that's that's a really good technical point, Leash, because there is something too about having Mercury and the Sun in the same sign that, Mm. you know, Mercury is ultimately um, a spokesperson for the solar staff and sometimes that message can come through a little bit more clearly or directly when Mercury and the Sun are in the same sign. You see that in people's birth charts, you know, if you are someone who has Mercury and the Sun in the same sign versus somebody who has Mercury and the Sun in different signs, 
you know, it's not to say one's better than the other. It's just a difference in expressiveness or focus or even topics of interest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, Cass, I think I'm you're going coming out up bang, you're rounding out the week. Yes. Yeah. With the okay. sun, try and Mars. Yeah, I had an interesting conversation with a friend today, which is sort of like election hunting for the next few weeks for him. And I was like, what about that that Sun-Mars thing, you know? And I think the Sun in its ruling sign, Mars in its ruling sign, you know, hot, dry planets, hot, dry signs, like this is positively combustible, I think. And (laughs) (laughs) it can be totally productive. You know, I just see like, if you've been kind of dragging your heels with something or, you know, whatever the situation is, this is going to really kind of, you know, fire you up. It's going to be very, you know, decide and do it, you know, Mars and, and the sun together. Like this is kind of this very hot energy where, you know, nothing's going to hold you back. You know, if you've got something to to do or something to be or, or whatever the thing is, like this is just very uh, supportive energy to help you, you know, get energy, mojo and momentum. You know, the fact that they're in their, each other's, well, their own signs, you know, this is just such a, a lovely kind of flowing aspect that might help you, um, you know, like when I think about Mars, like you're on a mission, there's something to do or there's something to achieve or something to like, you know, to almost like a to-do list. It's a bit like a, a soldier just kind of like going, you know, keeps on going until like a big sort of, uh, you know, solar thing is achieved or attained or there's a certain level of visibility. Um, so I think this aspect together is going to be quite energizing, quite enlivening and you know, it's like if there's been procrastination around something or just feeling kind of 2020 heavy, um, you know, on a personal level, this could be really good. But on a collective level, I think there could be, you know, when I said combustible, I think there is that potential that, you know, things could really kind of get very hot or heated um, around this time as well. So, yeah, there's a few ideas around this one. What about you girls? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I love it too. I'm really excited for it because I think all the things you're saying, Kath, like the heat, the energy, you know, this can translate into decisiveness or enthusiasm or motivation, like a willingness to tackle a challenge, to make a choice, to take that action that is going to move something forward. It's kind of like the last great thing for Mars before he slips into the station and the square to Saturn, which is going to flavor so much of late August and September. And so Mars is already starting to slow down a little bit in terms of his speed or his pacing, but he really does get a boost from the sun. And the sun, you know, is happy to take a little bit of energy from Mars. Like it, it's it's a nice interaction, if you like. Like um, the sun is exalted in Aries where Mars is. The sun's in Leo anyway. Like there's a real sense of sort of dignity, maybe even this regal kind of yeah, it's okay for you to be the queen or king or, you know, some kind of non-binary iteration of being the regal person in your own life. It's okay to set your standards and to take action accordingly. It's okay if somebody else doesn't want to do exactly what you want to do, but that shouldn't stop you kind of shining or blossoming or creating progress and momentum in your life. So I am, I, all the things you're saying, Cass, I completely agree with. And I think just enjoy that kind of radiant 
celestial fire, you know, the divine inspiration that that can spark, that connection to wisdom, like your own inner wisdom, or even a really beautifully wise and inspiring experience from a teacher or from someone else. Take that in, you know, while you can. The sun is very close to the end of its annual, you know, tour through Leo. So it's nice to take in all of that beautiful heat and to be decisive. You know, if I think if you've got to make a decision or you've got to take an action that you're a bit nervous about, this could be a nice time to kind of pick up some of that cosmic heat. Um, what about you, Leish? I know you're a very Marsy kind of gal, but not, <laughs> not the fire version of Mars, like the water version. Yeah. Look, um, I agree. I love so much about what you both said. And I think the only thing I want to add in is the courage piece for mm-hmm. this because I always see the sun and Mars together as courage. And I used this quote, this Winston Churchill quote in my blog this week, and I'll, I want to say it out loud on here, but it says, just oh. because I'm thinking about how this relates to um, COVID yeah, and how it relates to also Black Lives Matter and the social constructs that we're in right now that f- may feel like they're keeping us trapped and may feel like we don't have the courage to do anything because so much is feeling we can't or that we're trapped or that we don't even, the future's so uncertain, we don't know what to do. But this is a Winston Churchill quote. He said, success is not final. Mm. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak and courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. And I just really loved that about this piece. It's like whatever, wherever you need to feel courage around right now. So whether that's facing the future and what the reality of that is, whether it's taking some steps, like you guys were saying, you know, some bold new steps, some exciting new ideas of where we want to go. And, or it is that sitting down and listening, you know, not putting yourself forward, allowing somebody else to take that place. Because the sun is about, the sun in Leo is about leadership too. So Mm. where can we have the right kind Mm. of leadership right now that is courageous leadership? And, And courageous leadership can actually be delegating well and standing to the back and leading from behind rather than being the one that drives from the front. You know, a good a good noble person, queen or king, whatever you want to call it, they will be the person that knows, you know, when to stand at the front, when to stand beside and when to ride behind. So I really feel like this is very much about getting to the core of things, sun in Leo, to work out where we need to energise, to drive, to to cut away what's not, what doesn't fit, what's not real and have the courage to move forward to what we want. So that was my kind of, I just loved that quote when I found it. The beautiful. Like, beautiful. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. Good old, good old Mr. Churchill. Winston Churchill. Mm. I mean, and courage and leadership are two really great words for this aspect as well. Mm. So I think those concepts of what does leadership mean for you? What does courage mean? Because as you said, sometimes courage means slowing down and listening. Sometimes courage means taking action. Um, I mean, this aspect with so much fire, it feels like everyone's going to want to do something. Like it feels like we're going to want to either be physically active or to be kind of creating that sense of movement. Um, But I like the piece about courage being individually defined, basically, because sometimes Mm. courage, like courage can mean so many things to each of us depending on our specific circumstances. Yeah. I guess, you know, it, it's it's even being active on somebody else's behalf 
you know, mm-hmm. in, in that kind of way. Like I've been listening to some awesome podcasts lately who've been interviewing Indigenous or Aboriginal Australians and their points of view and this it's just them having the platform and these voices in this whole new way and being interviewed. Um, I've loved it. And and it just kind of reminds me of that. It's like getting active, but in a, in a leadership way that allows others to have a voice as much as us. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do see that a lot with Mars aspects and placements in astrology is that mm. it is actually a placement I, I see in, in some clients' charts or even well-known activists, you know, Mars can be the advocate and the activist, you know, who is going to fight on behalf yeah. of somebody who, it, it, for, for whom it is hard to fight for themselves, if you like. And yeah, so, yeah, very altruistic. Yes. Fighting for the underdog. Yeah, yeah the yeah. fighting for the underdog kind of mm. uh, placement. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going cool. out with a bang. There's two it weeks. It is. Because that Exciting. aspect, um, I don't know if we said the details, it's 24 Leo, 20, 24 Aries yeah. on August 16, which will be August 17 in Australia. It's like one past midnight here on yeah. the East Coast. It's basically so, that yeah, Sunday. 16. So interesting to have a big sun aspect on a Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, if you like. yeah. Yeah. And I think because we don't talk about it in this episode, but it's nice, like we'll have Mars square Jupiter, then Mars square Pluto in the, you know, on the 13th. And then we have this lovely, you know, the sun's kind of coming and juicing back up Mars after he's had that tense aspect with Pluto um, as well. It's kind of like a nice end to the, to the Marsy week. So, yeah. Yes. So talking about ends, um, what have you gals got coming up? Over this fortnight, anything? I'm sure you both do. Oh, I know it's a while got, ahead. <laughs> no, I've got things in the pipeline um, and I guess to be announced. Um, I'll have a webinar online later this month, again, to be announced because we're a little bit in advance. Um, but, yeah, you know, if you want more details or if you want to uh, join the Golden Circle, my subscription, um, there's all the details there on the website too. So there's always plenty of classes and back catalogues and things like that to check out if you want to learn more. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I've got my next webinar um, that is being hosted by Astrology University. That's happening on Saturday, August 15. It will be on 12 House Planet. So I'm going to give a little bit of info about the 12 House, building on the webinar I did earlier this year that was really popular and well-received. But I'm actually going to go through each planet in the 12th House. So just talk a little bit and show a couple of examples about what is this planet, you know, in the 12th house about or how might you see it? Obviously, I can't speak to every nuanced iteration of that, but at least to give you some keyword concepts to get started and also some technical tips about the kind of process that you can follow to even go further with planets in the 12th house. So that's coming up August 15. Um, And of course, the early bird rate to sign up is available until, well, certainly available the week starting August 3. So if you're interested in that, um, the other thing I'll have is a members-only Q&A for my membership, which I think is actually Friday the 14th of August. And so for my monthly subscribers, you'll be able to join that. If you're not a subscriber and you'd like to be, um, you can find out info about how to sign up on my homepage at kellysastrology.com. Um, basically, the first half of August, I'm on holidays, but I'm coming back with a few things mid-month, which I'm excited about. Awesome. And what about you, Leash? Yeah, Leash, what have you got? Well, I'm moving house in that time. Oh, of course. (laughs) 
I'm trying to I'm trying to work out if I'm going to be a glutton. Usually I have a webinar on that first Thursday, so I'm trying to work out if I'm going to be a glutton for punishment and hold one. So I will like, you know, make sure you're on my email list. I'm thinking I might do one on um working with your intuition and energetic hygiene because I've had a few clients asking about that. And but you might do I, it on August 6th when the moon is six, conjunct Neptune. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of appropriate yes. for your topic. <laughs> yes, very appropriate. Actually, I hadn't noticed that. Yes, Kelly, so it looks like I'll probably have to do that. There's In your my sign. 12th house. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I guess I'm doing that. and uh, But also we're talking a lot about Mars this week. So I do have that Mars retrograde webinar where I'm talking about Mars retrograde, you know, these aspects we've talked about with Mars this week, not that one with the sun, but with Jupiter and Pluto will be repeated over the next period, over the next few months as it goes back and forward in this area of our charts. So if you want to know more about it and get into that, um, you can hop online onto my website and download it. Fantastic. So, Excellent. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, okay. for listening. Uh, thanks, like, subscribe, thanks. Yeah, comment. All the things. <laughs> I like, we're like, I like we're all, all talked things. out now, aren't we? We don't. <laughs> we've Mars. We've done. We've been. We've done. We've like, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Over. Okay, I've got the t shirt. I'm going home now. Um, <laughs> okay. Thanks, everyone. And thanks for all the awesome comments. Keep them coming. Bye.